Hi, and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? I'm Rosha. And I'm Hannah. And exciting news, we are officially on Patreon. Yes, we have people signed up. We have patrons. How exciting. <laughs> um, so all you have to do to become a patron of ours uh, is go to patreon.com slash theboviegirls and you'll see all of our different tiers that you can sign up for. Yeah. And quick shout out to one of our patrons, Vahid, who has signed up for us. Vahid. Vahid. We have some really good, like, exotic names. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it makes me feel good. Right? <laughs> All right. This week we are covering I'm Thinking of Ending Things. And I have named this one Take Me to Tulsi Town. <laughs> I'm kind of bummed they had they changed it because they did Dairy change it the from the dq yeah so but i i still <laughs> it still looked really good yeah i like the jingle mm-hmm. so the book was originally published june 14th 2016 and it's written by ian reed who is canadian whoop, whoop. wow the canadians <laughs> it got a goodreads rating of 3.6 out of 5 which is pretty decent is and it yeah i mean would yeah. you buy it on amazon would you buy a reviewed product on amazon i rate my goodreads i rate the books i read uh, on goodreads anywhere from three to four usually like it takes a lot for it to be a five okay what would you have goodreads rated this this would have gotten a four out of me actually yeah that's what it got because i did rate it okay. <laughs> yeah um and it the book has 224 pages this was a quick one yes was a nice quick read i need we needed that no kidding <laughs> Uh, the movie just came out. It's a Netflix original uh, on September 4th, 2020. So it's pretty recent. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't know about the movie until I was just on Instagram and all the bookstagrammers were posting about the book. Yeah. So, so that's how I figured it out. I like the uh, the cover that the, the book has. Mm-hmm. It's a scene from the movie. And yeah. I liked it a lot. Uh, the movie is rated R. It's a drama thriller. Two hours and 12 minutes, which I was like... The book was only 200 pages. <laughs> why are we, why, what is going to happen for yeah. two hours and 12 minutes? Uh, directed by Charlie Kaufman. He wrote and um, was part of the films of being uh, John Malkovich. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, adaptation and the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Ah, so that makes so much sense. Right. I know. <laughs> uh, and he also did help uh, screenwrite this play or this movie as well. So the IMDb synopsis reads, Full of misgivings, a young woman travels with her new boyfriend to his parents' secluded farm. Upon arriving, she comes to question everything she thought she knew about him and herself. That literally is not what the book, what this book is about. I mean, no. Without giving anything right. away. They don't want to give everything away. I'm Why would they? I'm not sure what actually happened. Well, we'll get into <laughs> oh it. Oh my gosh. So some fun facts about the book and the author. Uh, Reed actually told interviewers that it took him about three years to write the book. Um, but the ideas for the story has had been with him for way longer than that. He drew his experience or he, he drew from his experiences growing up on a farm in remote Ontario, Canada. Reed said that he left the novel's uh, ending open-ended um, for interpretation. So it's kind of up to you to. Interpret. So it's okay that I not sure. If yes. This is what it happened? was, Got it, it was by design because I he kind of wanted everybody to kind of figure out what they think 
the ending should have been. Uh, the novel was actually selected by NPR as one of the best books of 2016. Huh. And uh, listen, when NPR says something, I believe it. So <laughs> I mean, it's like CNN, basically. Basically. <laughs> um, and then last uh, thing, very random, but Reed's sister is actually the first lady of Iceland. Wow. Yeah. That's so it, her, fancy. his brother-in-law is the president of Iceland. <laughs> wow. Isn't it called a president in Iceland? I think so. Do you know who's from Iceland? Who? Alexander Skarsgård? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is he really? Yeah, they're Icelandic. <laughs> I think. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so not a whole lot of the backstory from the movie quite yet, because it's brand new. Mm-hmm. Kind of ran into that with uh, All the Bright Places. A lot of the dirt hasn't come out yet. Uh, But a couple interesting things. Uh, A lot of this movie happens in the car. Mm -hmm. So the first car scene is roughly 17 minutes and 15 seconds. The second one is 22 minutes, 37 seconds, which adds up to roughly 39 minutes and 52 seconds just in the car. That's crazy. It's a long time. It is. Uh, I will tell you, um, this wasn't my favorite movie and I got a little I didn't know what was happening. I literally painted my nails during the car scenes because, (laughs) you know, as we'll talk about, like they kind of ramble during these car scenes. They do. So I literally had time to paint my nails. Well, and not only that, but I have a hard time when scenes are super dark, Mm -hmm. like concentrating and like trying to figure out what's going on. That second car scene is almost pitch black. Well, and I had the lights off and everything. I was gonna say, that's because you watch movies in the in No, the I purposely like closed my blinds and stuff because I it was happening in other movies. But yeah, no, I was like squinting to yeah. try to see what was going it was, on. It was a little strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one of the last scenes towards the end of the movie, uh, in Jake's childhood bedroom, you see a, there's actually a poster uh, or one of the films in there is of A Beautiful Mind, mm-hmm. which there's a lot of a little bit of resemblance from it. That's a great Um, movie. And the ending of the film actually resembles the ending of that film as the main character accepts a Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, Some of his speech is actually quoted directly from the other film. Uh, And in both films, the actors wear old age makeup. Obviously, this one is intentional Mm -hmm. um, for a different different effect. But I thought that was kind of a cool little nod to an amazing movie. That is cool. I really, really like that movie. It's a great movie. Uh, And then lastly, we'll get into this a little bit more. One of the big differences between the book and the movie is that the woman actually has a name mm-hmm. in the movie. Her name is Lucy, Lucia. They go <laughs> Louisa. Yeah. So that was, that was one other thing that they did add to the yeah. movie as well. Uh, so the cast of the movie, interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to else do, to describe them. They're all very quirky. So Jake, who is one of the main characters of the movie, is played by Jesse Plemons, who I've seen in a lot of different mm-hmm. things. I originally got to know him when he played in Friday Night Lights, and he was one of those characters that I was like, this kid is really weird. Yeah. Like, I don't think we're ever going to see him again. Ended up seeing him in Breaking Bad. He was in the movie Game Night, in The Irishman. He's actually had a very successful career. Yeah, he's always the um, the one that kind of just pops up out of nowhere. Like, yeah. even in Breaking Bad, like, yes, his his role is pretty important, but it is very, like, short-lived. So, um, but that's where I know him most from, is yeah. Breaking Bad. Um, I really like him as an actor. I would say for this role... He did an amazing job. However, he doesn't look anything like it is portrayed in the book. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be this kind of tall, kind of gangly, almost kind of good looking Mm -hmm. guy. And he has glasses in in the book. So it was very jarring for me. Um, but I really like it and I thought he did an amazing job. I did too. I thought that was interesting that they chose to kind of go the more route of a 
almost like creepy kind of character in the movie yeah. versus the book. Where... And that's kind of the characters he plays. Yeah. In a lot of things. Yeah. So. Although I'm well, now I'm thinking, cause again, this movie is so, and book is so confusing. Maybe we were led to believe that he was good looking because it was all in his head. I mean, maybe who knows? <laughs> I don't actually know what happened in this story to be perfectly honest. with you. Right. <laughs> uh, So the young woman who, that's how they refer to her in the book. Her name is Lucy mm-hmm. Yvonne, whatever her name is in the, in the movie is played by uh, Jessie Buckley. She's an Irish actress, singer. She actually took second place in the BBC talent show series. I do anything. Oh. So she's very talented. She was in Fargo, uh, Chernobyl, which I still have not seen. Neither have I. Uh, I've, I read that Brie Larson was actually originally casted for this part and it ended up being replaced by Jesse Buckley. I could have so, seen Brie. I think so too. But I think she may almost was like too big of a uh, actress for this role. Yeah. And I actually thought Jesse Buckley did an amazing job. I the only thing that really that I struggled with her was was her voiceover work. Mm. I just, I struggled with her voice in it for some reason. But when she was actually acting out the scenes, yeah. I thought she did a great job because she really had to play kind of a few different personalities. Yeah, no, I liked her a lot. I don't know her from any of that. Like, I've never seen any mm-hmm. of, the, of her work, but I really enjoyed um, her in this role. Again, not totally what she's portrayed she's as in the blonde. book. She's supposed to be blonde. Yes. Which, whatever. It is what it I, is. Well, she has curly red hair. It's yeah. like very different. Yes, it is. But I didn't mind it. I thought it was fine. And she's super cute. Yeah. So Jake's mom is played by Tony Collette. We've seen her in quite a few things. Yes. Uh, she's in the movie uh, Unbelievable or the series Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in Knives Out, Little Miss Sunshine. And she's mostly known for her... Um, Best actress supporting nominated role in The Sixth Sense as the mom in Sixth Sense. I totally forgot. Yeah, she but was now in that. you know though, right? Yes. Now you can see it. But that's where she, I mean, she's yeah. very much known for that role. God, so. I haven't seen that movie in forever. So good. That is a good movie. Uh, the mom and dad in this movie creeped me out to no extent. So she did an amazing job. Unbelievable. Like, it was like, it was cringy at times. It was really, really funny at times. Like to be able as an actor or an actress to portray so many different like emotions and emote all of that in like one scene is unbelievable. Yeah, so I yeah, I agree. She, I thought she was really, really I good. I thought she was awesome. So Jake's dad is played by David Thewlis. You mean Professor Lupin from yes. Harry Potter? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, Rosha knows him from Harry yes, Potter. Yes. His name is Remus Lupin, actually. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but he was also in Justice League, uh, Wonder Woman, and again, I thought he did a, he did a great job. These are kind of the too. characters he he plays. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it. But they essentially have to play young versions of themselves and then old versions of themselves. And I thought they did such a great job. And kudos to the makeup team because I thought they made them look very very right for their age. Yes, <laughs> ages. Very, very much so. Uh, last character to mention uh, is the janitor in the movie. Uh, he's played by Guy Boyd. Don't know anything about him, but I just have to applaud him for getting naked <laughs> and just owning it. Like, I love, he's so sweet. Like, yeah. I want him to be my grandpa. Yeah. But then he got naked and I was like, I have no idea what's happening. It was really uncomfortable in that scene because I'm pretty sure that the pig was almost translucent. So, like, I was, like, trying to see <laughs> yes. if, like, I could see anything, but it was very weird. You were looking. I was like, please don't show me anything. And <laughs> well, I was just like, looking. Well, I was like, is Netflix going to be that, like, you know. Nah, Netflix won't do that. No, they won't? I don't know. Maybe. I don't need to say old man balls. I really don't. No, but it's fine to see women's boobs all the time. I would rather see women's boobs. Sure. 
But I'm just saying. Okay. It's very Well, I'll find the one movie where Netflix shows that for <laughs> you and let you know. <laughs> All right. Time for our games rounds. Uh, first up is Who Said It? This is going to be a little difficult because... It's all Jake. Basically. It's all Jake. But if you read it, I mean, there were parts where it was insinuating that it was the woman. Okay. So here we go. We'll, we'll try it. <laughs> first one. Sometimes a thought is closer to the truth, to reality, than an action. You can say anything, you can do anything, but you can't fake a thought. Oh my gosh. I'll just say Jake. Yes. <laughs> I was just throwing it out Good there. job. Next up. Do you think secrets are inherently unfair or bad or immoral in a relationship? Um, I think they are. Just Yeah, I really bad. wanted to ask, like, what, what are your thoughts on <laughs> yes, that? <laughs> um, but uh, let's say it's Lucy, young woman Lucy. Yes, yes. girlfriend is what I have her. Lucy. Um, next up. Stories are the way we learn. Stories are how we understand each other. But reality happens only once. Oh, that's so deep. Jake. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Last one. Questions are good. They're better than answers. If you want to know more about life, how we work, how we progress, it's questions that are important. That's what pushes and stretches our intellect. Jake. Mm, I fooled you. It's the girlfriend. Uh, I was like, she's not going to do that. I was like, there's a couple of like insightful things she says. <laughs> now time for F. Mary Kill. Again, not a lot to choose from, but no. we're going to go with Jake, fake girlfriend, and then old Jake. Old Jake? <laughs> Janitor Jake? Janitor Spoilers. Jake. I will... Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm going to marry Janitor Jake because he's mm-hmm. very sweet. Very nice. Well, you know, he lives to be old. Yep. And then I will. Oh, my gosh. I will kill Jake, regular Jake. (laughs) And I will go to Tulsi Town with the girlfriends. Because sure, why not? Yeah. I like her red hair. (laughs) I will marry the girlfriend. Because as you mentioned, I, I also like her hair and she's very pretty. I will go to Tulsi Town with young Jake because... Because you didn't get to see what, what janitor Jake was right. dealing with. Right. <laughs> exactly. And then I'll have to kill old Jake because Aww. I don't even know why. He just, he just has to go, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is going to be another one that you guys are just going to have to bear with us. <laughs> say that a lot (laughs) i know but like this one you're really gonna have to bear with us because there's a lot going on yes so the movie starts out it's like this really dark um picture as you were talking about it's very dark and then this like teeny tiny writing and i was like i hope that's just the title because i literally can't see it my (laughs) eyes are like not good yeah but it was just the title so it's fine (laughs) uh and it opens up with a voiceover of a young woman and it says i'm thinking of ending things getting right into it what was your thought when you first started reading the book where did your mind immediately go when you read that so i will i will tell you when i was i told you i was on instagram and i was seeing Mm -hmm. everyone posting about it i thought it was talking about ending things as in like killing themselves yeah but then i read the i ended up i was like what is this really about and i had seen that it was you know more about a relationship Uh and you know, throughout the first part of the book, I still thought it was about the relationship. I see. I 100% thought it was about 
ending, like killing yourself. Oh yeah, I googled it and I was like, oh my gosh, someone's gonna like think like I need issues. Like I just kept typing because I was trying to figure out where we could find the book, <laughs> where we could watch things. the movie, and I was like, someone's gonna ask me if yeah, I need some Hopefully the help. government's not looking at my yeah, search exactly. history. <laughs> uh, but we get kind of this voiceover talking about how she's going to visit Jake's parents for the very first time and that Jake is her boyfriend. And she says, I'm not feeling, I'm not looking forward to it. You know, maybe I'm feeling nostalgic about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And when she's talking about this relationship, like I feel her man throughout this entire book. I'm like, yep. Been there. Yeah. I know what that feels like. Yeah. We've all been in these (laughs) relationships where you're like, you know, it's probably time to let go. Like we've all been in relationships longer than we should have. And Mm -hmm. you're almost waiting for the other person to do it. Yeah. And that's what ended up happening to me last relationship. I mean, I hope that's not what happy is happening with boyfriend Ray, but like, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, but I just, there was such like an emotional connection Mm -hmm. to that character, which might be why I was like kind of bummed towards the end when that's not what we were talking about. (laughs) Uh, But she talks about how they've been dating for about a month. So then we get our first look at the girl mm-hmm. and, you know, she's a young, cute girl with this, you know, curly red hair. And then very quickly, like within the first couple minutes, we see this scene of an old guy in the window reciting, you know, these words that keep popping up throughout the book. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things you're like, okay, there's something weird going yeah. on. So Jake comes to pick her up in his car and it's, Starting to snow outside, which is kind of ends up becoming this overlying theme yeah. of the entire movie. She looks super cute standing there in the snow with I a little know. hat. Oh, <laughs> she's just she's such a millennial. <laughs> and she gets into the car and we hear the voiceover again say, I'm thinking of ending things. The interesting part about this time is that he actually responds to mm-hmm. it. And he's like, wait, what'd you say? Mm-hmm. And again, after this, so I'm going to stop down. I wish I would have watched the movie before I read the book. Really? Yeah. I Because I just... We can get to our thoughts a little bit later, but I I wish I could have, like, experienced it without having any notion of what was going to happen. Interesting. I'm actually glad I watched or read the book before I watched the movie. Because sometimes I feel like the movies ruin it for me. And in this case, it would have because... I had a completely different experience reading the book than I did watching the movie. So that's interesting that you yeah. say that. I, I get mean, what you're saying from I'm me. I'm happy they had the, made the movie because it cleared up a couple things. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake starts t- telling, uh, you know, his girlfriend that his mom really hasn't been feeling well lately. And again, the same time, we start seeing an old man getting ready for work. Again, it comes in so early mm-hmm. in the movie. I was shocked. Yeah, it was so early in the movie, and I'm sorry for anyone who hasn't seen or read this, but it, like, basically, you kind of know what's happening yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah. You know, there's no, like, big aha, really, uh, if you're paying attention. <laughs> I, I agree to a certain extent, but if you haven't read the book, you don't know who this guy is. I mean, very true. So I mean, he I could guess. just be another character Again, in the movie. this is why I wanted to see the movie before I read the book. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. <laughs> you know, we then the girlfriend starts saying, you know, I haven't told my parents about, about him. Mm-hmm. Which you're like, all right, they've been dating for a month. Like, sometimes I wait too. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then we find out that her name is Lucy. You know, we didn't get her name in the book like we talked about earlier. And her phone starts to ring. And she looks at her phone and it says that she's calling. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of weird. And in the book, we get kind of a description of what's going on. We get a lot. There's a lot more background and kind of plays a bigger role in the book. Yes. So in the book, uh, this 
thing is considered or is referred to as the caller. So a few weeks before this, you know, this trip that they're taking, she starts getting these very like weird calls. And every time she looks at it, it's her own number calling her, which let me just say, I, that's happened to me a couple times in a weird situation. And you're just like, what the heck? Like, very strange. very strange. So anyway, we come to find out that, you know, this caller calls her in the middle of the night. Sometimes, you know, if she does answer, he says this very cryptic message um, and then hangs up. And usually he prefers to leave her a message. Uh, sometimes it's him just literally doing things like letting the water run. Or sometimes it's saying this cryptic message. Anyway, long story short, she has this like internal struggle of should I be telling somebody? Should I mention something? Like I'm concerned. I am worried. Like this isn't normal, but I don't know. Maybe I won't say anything. And she even goes back and forth on whether or not she should tell Jake and chooses eventually not to tell him. So very different in the book. Um, yeah. They almost bypass it in the movie, which I was kind of upset about because yeah. when I'm reading this book, at this point in the book, we don't know what's going on. I thought on. he was a serial killer. Yes. I was like, oh, okay, this yeah. is interesting. Like, where are we going with this? Because exactly. I've been reading a lot of mystery novels lately, right. and I was like, yes, I'm here <laughs> for it. So it was very weird that they, you know, chose to kind of brush it off in the yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. And really, in the in the book, we don't really get the... I guess there's no answer to, mm-hmm. really to the to the caller right. and we don't get it bar- barely at all in, in the movie. Right. So I don't know if it was like a really strong thought at the beginning of writing this book and then fizzled, but I, I think, know. again, we'll get to it. But I think once things happen the way that they happen, mm-hmm. you're just kind of you led to believe like it was yeah. all in his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. So they're driving to Jake's parents' house and Lucy sees this brand new swing set outside of a really rundown farmhouse. Mm-hmm. And she starts to question it. Like, that makes no sense, you know? And Jake is trying to like reason with her. Like, you know, maybe they just set it up and then they're going to move in. And, you know, that's when you really kind of start seeing like, Things don't aren't adding up. Mm-hmm. Like everything's a little strange. Yeah. In this throughout this entire you know car ride. Yeah. And Did the, you notice that the mirror was broken? The like rear, or the mirror for like the car. Oh yeah. She opens it to look at herself. She can't see herself. Mm-hmm. In the book, it's different. She's basically um, there is no mirror, but she doesn't like look her, at herself in the in the window. She doesn't want to see herself because she's having a bad day, is what mm. they say. But essentially, it's insinuating like. This person doesn't want to look at themselves because he, you know. This, this, it's very weird. Oh my gosh. I just, this book, everything makes my head hurt about this one. But she talks about how she needs to get back tonight because she needs to start working on it. She needs to work on this paper and she really needs to get back tonight. Mm. There isn't as much urgency from her in the book. No, it's flip It's, it's flip. Mm-hmm. Jake is the one that's like, I got to get home. I got to work in the morning. I yeah. got to get home. I got to get home. So I thought it was interesting that they flipped that. I, I actually prefer, it made more sense, I guess. For it to be her. For, her, for yeah. it to be her. Um, And they turn on the radio, you know, on, on their road trip. And we hear a song from Oklahoma. And really, so I read a couple articles about this and Oklahoma isn't mentioned at all in the book, Mm -mm. but it becomes this secondary theme of the entire movie of the play Oklahoma, which I haven't seen yet, Mm -hmm. but it's very interesting. And this is where it first starts to come into play. And there's, we're now at the high school with the janitor and we're seeing him watch the rehearsal for Oklahoma at the school. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Well, young Jake makes mention that when he says that he he's he's seen the the play or like something like that basically again i've been using insinuating a lot but really it's important 
basically leading you to believe these two have a lot in common. Right. Which, again, we don't get in the book. No. You don't. There is no there janitor. There is no janitor. Until way Yeah. So, Very confusing. So, but, and then we get back into the car uh, with with Lucy and Jake. And Lucy says, you know, my past is, is it was very foggy. I can't remember memories. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, now we know why. Yeah. But it, there's all these little, like, kind of Easter eggs and, and clues to what is actually going on. And that's actually a really big one. Yes. That if you, you know, if you go back and listen to it, you're like, oh, okay. I get mm-hmm. why she said that. Uh, and she starts to recite this poem. And it's literally the longest poem I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. And we don't, that does not happen in, in the book. No. Something, she starts telling an old story in the book. Yeah. She tells a story about how she met up, met this um, uh, driving instructor who basically, you know, gets in the car with her and he tells her to like stop at uh, a cafe, I think, um, because it was raining. And while they're sitting there, he tells her about another student that he taught and she had claimed that she was the best kisser in the world and that he he says or she says, but you need two people to like make sure that it is the best kiss in the world because it goes both ways or whatever. Anyway, long story short, she says something to upset the instructor. He finally is like, well, let's just go home. But um, before they, before she leaves, he hands her a wrapper or hands her candy and unwraps one of them. And there's some sort of saying on the wrapper. It's important to know because at the end of the movie, there's a scene. (laughs) Again, it's so confusing. There's a scene where she opens the glove box of Jake's car and there's a bunch of wrappers in Mm -hmm. the thing. So anyway, that's what she kind of tells in in the book at this point. But I don't know why the poem was necessary. The poem was not necessary. This is where I was painting my nails. (laughs) And I got through like a hand and a half by the time she was done with this poem. (laughs) It does come into play a little later. A little bit later, it does. So now we're at Jake's parents' house and... The house was very nice. Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was a lot nicer in my head, or it was a lot more run down in my head from the book. Uh, but we see a woman in the window, and she's waving back at them, which in the book, they actually have her just, like, not wave back. And, like, they're saying, you know, oh, she can't see you. That's yeah. why she's not waving back. And mm-hmm. it's, like, this creepy figure in the window. And then they decide that, you know, this is the best time when it's snowing outside to take a tour of the property. <laughs> An abridged um, tour. <laughs> yes. And so he wants to show her around. So they go to the barn and they see the poor sheep and then the dead lambs. In the book, they talk about how these like lambs were actually like hung up on the wall. But mm-hmm. like here, they're just kind of like laying there. It's very odd and yeah. kind of creepy. And then he starts telling this really awful story of the pigs and how they were like being eaten alive. And it was, it's just this like weird kind of eerie farmhouse story. One of the quotes though, that they said during this time, it says humans can't live in the present. That's why they invented hope. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> <Mind> <laughs> that blown. was deep. <laughs> and I just thought it was kind of an interesting, an interesting, you know, quote. I think it goes along very well with, the theme of the movie and the book, but it was kind of a weird time for mm-hmm. it to come out. Uh, but they finally go inside and there's like nobody there. And in the book, like there's like no reaction at all. And we're like, okay, we know that these weird people are upstairs. Um, but then finally, you know, someone's like, okay, we'll be right down. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, they do know we're coming, right? <laughs> Which I literally have to tell boyfriend Ray. I'm like, did you tell them we were coming? 
<laughs> because you probably didn't. <laughs> but uh, but one thing I thought was very interesting when they walk into the house, Jake is holding a thermos. Mm-hmm. And a couple scenes ago when we saw the janitor, the janitor is also holding a thermos. Ah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, see little Easter eggs all over again. Uh, but now we're back at the school with a scene of the janitor and he's, he's seeing these kids dancing in the hallway and a, just a lot more of the janitor yeah. throughout this whole thing. Uh, so the parents finally come down. I'm going to stop you. One more thing to note, because mm-hmm. it is important. Uh, when they first walk in, he he rummages through their little thing and hands her a pair of blue slippers yes. that were his because the, the floor is cold. This does happen in the book as well. But he just says, you know, here, take these. Um, yes. Use my slippers. So important. <laughs> I do have that in my notes, but I went with the thermos. I don't know why I didn't say that. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> same, same. So his parents still have not come down at this point. And so they're kind of just sitting awkwardly in, in the living room. And she looks at the basement door and there's like these like weird scratches on the door. And then all of a sudden there's a dog that comes in, which is not in the book. There's no no dog. He says that they had a dog, but there's no actual dog. Very cute little, cute little dog though. That kept (laughs) shaking himself. That was a little weird. Yes. But it's not though, when you think about it, because it's a memory. True. (laughs) Good point. Yeah. So anyways, (laughs) the the parents finally come down and they're like the most awkward parents. They're exactly what I pictured in, in, from the book. They go to sit down to this like most perfect looking dinner, Mm -hmm. like unbelievable looking like Thanksgiving dinner. And, (laughs) and they start talking about how she's a painter and she starts showing them all these paintings. And I'm like, where do these paintings come from? I they don't I don't think that comes up in the book. Nope. She's not a painter in the book. And in the book really the the caller calls multiple times while she's at dinner mm-hmm. and keeps interrupting, which they do mention kind of later on in the dinner. Yeah, she but looks it, at her phone and sees missed calls. But it was a, a perfect example of how they kept the caller in the story but mm-hmm. kind of hid it and just didn't really touch on it yeah. a whole lot. And she looks under the, t- and then she's looking, looking under the table and like, she sees like the broken toenail mm-hmm. of the mom, which gets talked about in the book. <laughs> and then at one point, then she has a, you know, bandaid on the, uh-huh. like, it's very, it's just all very odd. <laughs> and then Lucy starts telling them, they ask her, you know, how did you two meet? So she starts telling this long story about how they met at trivia, which the story does go along pretty well. As it did in the in the book. The only thing differently, I think, is that in the book, she mentions that he, like, gave her a piece of paper with, like, his number on it or something. Yeah. And that that's not exactly how she described it in the movie. Or, no, he threw his number into her purse before she yes, left. Yeah. yeah. So it was, a, it was a little bit different. And, you know, they're like, well, how long ago is that? And she's like, it was about six weeks ago. And then she's like, actually, I can't remember how long ago this was. Yeah. Like, everything's kind of fuzzy. And then she just, like, chugs her wine. And I'm like... <laughs> Same. Like I need, a, I need a, some wine to chug during this scene. Uh, but then we go back to the school, and the janitor is watching a movie now. Mm-hmm. So again, the janitor pops back up. So now we're back at the farmhouse, and Lucy starts cleaning the plates, which doesn't happen in in the book. It's like I think Jake kind of helps out with the yeah helps his mom out. Yeah, with it. and what what I thought was interesting though, as she is cleaning, helping clean the plates. If you look at the ham, the ham is not touched at all. Huh. It showed them eating the ham, but the ham is in the exact same state it was. So many yeah, weird things. So many weird things. And then they bring out this chocolate Yule log cake that looked like a piece of shit. 
That's what a Yule log looks like. I guess. True. Uh, but what what I thought was funny is that in the book, they talk about how she's like lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. She can't have the cake. That's which true. leads them to going to Dairy Queen because she right. didn't get dessert. So again, I don't know why they changed that. But, but did you notice that she never actually eats the cake? She's feeding it to Jake the whole time? <sighs> of course she does. Oh my gosh. So Jake and Lucy end up going like to the side or wherever they're the parents are no longer in the, mm-hmm. in in the room and we hear them fighting and jake asks her like what do you think of them and at no point in the book while they're at the house does he ask about them right. he's very quiet very reserved it's not till they're back in the car when he does yeah, exactly and so they're kind of walking around the house and she sees a picture of jake on the wall which happens immediately when they come into the house in the book mm-hmm. she's like is that you? And she's like, there's no way that can be you. And she's like, but I think it's me. And it's just like this whole like bizarre thing. And in the book, we're still like, this is kind of a very normal experience. Everything that has happened in the book so far is very normal. It's, it's, it's so great. Cause in the back of the book, I don't know if you looked, but it says you will be scared, but you don't, you won't know why. Right. What a great way to describe that. Because I thought the same thing. I was like, I had goosebumps, but I didn't know why I had goosebumps. (laughs) Right. I was like, why? Oh, my gosh. I was like, maybe this is her. Like, I don't know. Like, it was very strange. (laughs) But like I said, like, throughout the entire book, you're thinking this is all. Everything's kind of a normal interaction, but there's something going Mm -hmm. on. In the movie, you're like, this is none of this is normal. Right. Like, you know, things aren't normal. So I thought that was the two different tones between the book and the movie. But so now we're sitting down with the mom again and she's talking about how she's having trouble hearing and she's constantly hearing whispers. And and again, in the book, I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's like ghosts. Like, no, there's no ghosts. Uh, (laughs) She is the ghost. Yeah. And at this point, this is where the phone rings again and it's Yvonne calling. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Yvonne. I was like, oh my gosh, we're changing names now. And but did you catch why it says Yvonne? No. Because the movie that the janitor is watching, the waitress in the movie is called Yvonne. Oh my God. Continue. <laughs> anyway, she listens to the voicemail. It's the cryptic message that mm-hmm. she hears all the time. I feel like I should read this message because we refer yeah, to it a lot. Yeah, you have it? Yes, I do. It's, it's kind of long. There's only one question to resolve. I'm scared. I feel a little crazy. I'm not lucid. The assumptions are right. I can feel my fear growing. Now is the time for the answer. Just one question. One question to answer. We don't get the full thing in the movie. It's, again, because they kind of brush over the collar. Yeah. We only get kind of a tidbit and then that two, the, the last two lines. But it's very cryptic and very weird. <laughs> yeah, and we get it multiple times mm-hmm. in the book. So they're still having this conversation with his parents and... What I thought was funny at this point, the mom goes to Jake, do you remember your 50th birthday? And I'm like, oh my gosh. And he goes, you mean 20th? Yeah. And she's like, oh, wait. Yeah. And it's like, at that point, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like having read the book, you know, like Mm -hmm. good slip, but you also caught it. Yeah. And the dad starts talking about, this is where stuff starts getting real weird, (laughs) real, real weird. And I like, I'm still like, not sure I know what's happening. But anyways. The dad starts talking about how, you know, he, his mom was so funny and he misses her and this and that. I'm like, as he's basically talking to her next to him. Right. And at this point, they're not even looking at each other. The parents are talking, but they're not looking at each other. And I don't know if you caught this, the dad's bandaid had switched eyes at this point. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyways. (laughs) Uh, So Lucy's looking out the window and then she turns around and everybody's gone. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, this is where it gets real weird, really, really weird. 
Did you think it got really weird? Well, yeah. (laughs) This whole thing is just so bizarre. (laughs) Lucy goes upstairs and she's in Jake's childhood bedroom. There's a picture of it on, or a, you know, a sign sign on the door door that says it. (laughs) And so she walks in and on the bookshelf is the urn of Jimmy the dog. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, you didn't catch that? Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, well, so Jimmy the dog isn't real. Like he's clearly a memory in somebody's head. And she picks up the book, and I don't know if you, and when she picks up the book, yes, it's caught. the poem mm-hmm. that she was reciting in the car when I was painting my fingernails. Which is important to know, in the car, it's, it's, we're led to believe that it's her poem that yeah. she wrote. She wrote not it. Not that some other person wrote it and it's in the book. That yeah. It's basically the poet that he was talking about, Wordsworth, yeah. is the person who wrote this this poem <laughs> okay so now i i know i said that things were getting weird but this is where they really 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 get weird because all of a sudden the dad walks in but he's like 20 years older yeah and we're like, like 50 years so old. I, like, I was like is that the grandpa where's the grandpa been this whole time there's no grandpa in the book i'm like what is happening but then you realize it's the dad yeah it's important to note that this sort of thing does not happen in the book no not at At all no point are we led to believe that the parents get old or young or anything like that like we mentioned it seems like a very seemingly semi-normal dinner with the parents exactly (laughs) and the dad you know invites her to stay over and then they have this very awkward conversation about sex Mm -hmm. which doesn't happen in the book he basically just talks about in the book like you know you're, you seem good for him. Like, we're glad, you know. We're happy we're that happy. he's with you. Like, a normal conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's very awkward. And even in the book, she sees a picture of somebody on yes. his desk. It's like an old girlfriend named Steph or something like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. And there's another boy in the picture that he doesn't, that presumably probably him, but he doesn't, he says it's my brother. Right. So the whole interaction is very weird. So then she looks across the hallway and Jake is feeding his very, very old mother, like, pudding or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? <laughs> and they kind of have this little, like, conversation. And then she walks downstairs, and it's this, like, circle of her going, walking down the stairs. So creepy. She goes up and down, up and down. And I'm like, what? <sighs> I was like, this, it got really creepy and eerie yeah. to me at this point. And at what, at this point, when she's going up and down the stairs, basically she's like, I don't know where I end and where Jake begins or mm-hmm. vice versa. And I'm like, uh, there is no end. Yeah. Like, it's all just very bizarre. Also, um, at one point, she looks out the window and it's literally only snowing on their car. Oh, yes. I saw which that. Which is too. so weird. Yeah. Very bizarre. <laughs> so then she finally, she ends up getting downstairs and Jake is there with an even older version of his dad. Mm-hmm. And he's telling his dad about how him and his girlfriend met, but it ends up being how the girl from the movie that the janitor was watching, right. how they met. At this point, if you haven't figured it out, Jake is the janitor. Yes. Like, there's no way, like, I'm like, if you're paying any sort of attention to this movie, you know at this point. In the book, you still think, again, like you said, completely normal. Right. So now, young Jake's mom walks in and is talking about baby Jake. (laughs) And, you know, she tells her, she tells his girlfriend to go down to the basement to put the nightgown into the laundry. And this, again, none of this happens in the book. She ends up going down to the basement Mm -hmm. in the book. But so... 
her interaction in the basement in the movie is totally different. She goes and she tries to put the stuff in the laundry and she pulls out a bunch of janitor uniforms. uniforms. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh yeah, Jake's the janitor. Like, come on. (laughs) And she ends up finding Jake's paintings that Did you catch that? Did you catch the, the Easter egg there? No. So the paintings look awfully a lot like the paintings that she showed his parents uh, on her phone. She grabs her phone. There are no more photos yes, on her phone. you are correct. <laughs> but she does have a scene in the basement in the book, mm-hmm. but it's totally different. Yeah. So in the book, I think she hears something in the basement. She's like, oh, I wonder what's going on down there. Because basically Jake told her, like, there's nothing down there. It's just the water heater. Like, it's fine. It's a f- whatever. So she, like any idiot in a scary movie, decides to go. <laughs> let's run down to the basement. Yeah, let's go down to the basement. So she goes down and she sees the furnace or the whatever, the water heater. And then she does see some paintings. She looks at these paintings and every single painting, it's the scene of the, the basement but where the furnace is or should be, it's a different person. So sometimes it's a boy. Sometimes it's like an older boy. Sometimes it's a woman. So like, it's very weird. But That's why I was like, serial killer. Right. I was like, this someone, this person must be painting all of their victims. That's right. what I thought. Right. So, but she, she thinks that it might be Jake's mom. Like Jake's mom may have been a painter and like, this is her place. What a weird place to choose to paint, but right. whatever to each their own. So that's how it happens in the book. Yeah, so it's this kind of like sinister, you know, scene in the book. In yeah. the in the movie, it's very yeah, it's still weird. It's still and creepy, weird, but, but it's yeah. not not as sinister as it is in the book. But she comes up from the basement, and all of a sudden, you see Jake with his mom in a hospital bed, and she's dead at this point. He's thinking she's just sleeping, but mm-hmm. she's gone. Yeah. And then his really young dad walks in, and I'm like. Oh my gosh. I was like, I can't. It was a complete mind fuck. It was. I was like, what is happening? But then they end up going to put the chains on Jake's car and then they leave. And I was just like, after this whole scene, I was like, what actually just happened? Because I'm not sure if I know. But I do know because I read the book. But but it's very, very bizarre. But I was like, I don't even know if this is what he was thinking about writing. I don't know how you could even write that out to make it any to make have it make sense. You can't. There's no way. Yeah. So anyway. Which is why the book is very different. (laughs) Very different. So they're back in the car and Jake starts asking again, like, what did you think of of my parents? Which this is where he actually does ask in the, in the book Mm -hmm. about it. And they have a conversation about a movie. Uh, Lucy is now smoking a cigarette. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, we come to find out that basically, you know, her character changes based on his ideal idea of his girlfriend right. at the time and at this time she's smoking a cigarette in the car yeah. she does also mention that she's very unsure about what just happened yeah. that night like, same girl yeah same <laughs> uh i also have an entire line of z's in my notes because this whole part was so boring it's like this philosophical <laughs> philosophical <laughs> philosophical conversation <laughs> and it's so boring yeah we get a lot of that kind of philosophical talk in the book as well it's very different it's not like tied to a specific movie or anything like that but they do really get deep Mm -hmm. what we've kind of come to understand in the book is that jake albeit kind of is a little bit of an introvert he's extremely smart and extremely you know 
philosophical, as we said. Mm. So we do get a lot of that. And I think that's what this scene in the movie was trying to portray, but it just kept confusing me. It even just more. kept going. Yeah. Uh, and they start have they, they almost start getting agitated with each other at this point. And then he asks her, like, do you want something sweet? Because she didn't eat the cake, I guess. Uh, So they decide to go to Tulsi Town, which I'm like, (laughs) what the hell is that? Where's my Dairy Queen? Because in the book, they go to Dairy Queen. Uh And they even talk about the red spoons and blizzards. I mean, they did do that. It's just not Dairy Queen. No. So they go up there, and it's like kind of this, like, almost like a 1950s type you know, walk up, mm-hmm. you know, drive in place. And in the middle of literally nowhere, literally nowhere. <laughs> and, you know, he says that kids work there that he sees every day. And, you know, and he talks about like kids who are ostracized and how, you know, it can stay with them. And we start getting into kind of what his life probably mm-hmm. was when he was younger. And I have in my notes, he's for sure the janitor. <laughs> like, if you haven't figured it out by now, he's definitely yeah, the janitor. 100%. They even go into her, him and Lucy, or Lucia, or whoever you want to call her at this point, the girlfriend, uh, get into a discussion about whether or not mothers are to blame for their children's problems, like mm-hmm. the way that the children end up. So I thought that was interesting that they kind of threw that in there, because it's not in the book. There's no um, mention I will of that. tell you, side note, I have said very many times in my life that a lot of the world's problems are based on bad parenting. Oh, 100%. And 100%. I 100% agree with that, and I will stick to it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they get up, and they say that he says that the girls that work there just, they don't like him. And two girls come out, and he has Lucy order and he, an Oreo burr. I'm like, <laughs> we really couldn't think of anything else than that. I'm like, what the hell is that? And in the book, they order frozen lemonades mm-hmm. in the Very book. different. Very different. Because she's lactose she, intolerant. Yeah. And they're these, like, giant things. They're I was blizzards. Like, I was like, give me one of those. Those are huge. <laughs> they it's are like a blizzards. Big gulp, but they're huge. Uh, and then a third girl comes out just like it does in the book, or how she does in the book, and she has this, like, weird rash on her arm, mm-hmm. which, if you notice, as when Jake is pained, he has the same rash on his arm. Did not notice that. Yes, Easter egg. This is go. why both of us are doing this, because <sighs> things you pick up, I oh, did it, and man. vice versa. <laughs> it's so bizarre. And, and then the girl makes a comment about how she's worried for Lucy. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, it's very creepy in the book. Like, she's like, I'm worried for you. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm like, yeah, because someone's a serial killer. Right. Because in my mind, it's still very normal. Totally. Because at, at this point in the book, I'm thinking, okay, this girl clearly knows Jake, knows that he's kind of, you know, out there and is worried because he's going to kill her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Uh, he, she does mention, I think in the movie, she says, you don't have to go. You can stay here, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. So they get back in the car. They start eating their dumb ice cream. and They don't, really. Not really. <laughs> and then Jake's like, okay, we need to find some place to throw these away. And that happens in the book. But yeah. he's like, I don't want them to melt all over the cup or whatever. They actually drink their drinks in, yeah. the, in the book. <laughs> so, so they start, you know, they start heading to somewhere to find a garbage can. And it's funny because she goes, I, I want to go home. And she says this a couple times and both times he's like, to the farmhouse? Yeah. And he's like, she's like, no, like to the city. To my like, house. To my house. Yeah. Very and, creepy. And in the same scene, um, he ends up calling her Ames. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the book, he does end up calling her a different name, but it, he calls her Steph at a different point yes. in the book. So. She also turns into Yvonne at this point. Did you catch that? No. 
it, it's literally split second, but her face actually changes to the girl in the movie, the what? waitress in the movie. Yes. Oh my gosh. I did not catch that. I was probably <laughs> painting my nails. Uh, so they go and find this school that where he can dump these mm-hmm. these Oreo ice creams. And it's this giant, beautiful school yeah. that I'm like, that did not look like my high school. My <laughs> high school was pretty nice. Yeah. Um, and he starts kind of explaining, like, it has this many rooms, it has this auditorium, this, and you're like, he knows it by the, you know, mm-hmm. like the back of his hand because he's the janitor. Right. And he gets out to go find a trash can and there's a truck right out front. In the book, the truck is actually like around back. the back mm-hmm. and you can't see it. And he gets back a lot quicker than he did in the book. <laughs> in the yes. book, he's kind of gone for a while. Uh, but he comes back after he throws out the ice cream and they sit there for a little bit. This part I actually really like that they included is that he starts talking about Baby It's Cold Outside, yes. the song. And she's like, you want to quote a rape song right, right now? And they had this like discussion back. And forth. I was like, I've had this discussion with like eight different people. Totally. So I get it. <laughs> so I like that that was added to the movie and they start kissing in the book. It's like a way more physical scene. Mm-hmm. She and, like takes her shirt off and everything. Yeah. And all of a sudden we get this like vision of Jake seeing someone looking at him. And in the book, you know, again, it's still a very normal interaction. So you think someone's like in the school looking mm-hmm. at them and you don't get this like flash vision that right. he got. In because the Jake's the one that sees him. Yes, because Jake's the janitor. Right. <laughs> Jake gets out because he wants to go find this person because he can't, they can't get away with this. He's a pervert. Mm-hmm. He's got to be he's got to be taken care of. And so Lucy sits there for a little bit and then she's like, all right, where is he? Something something's got to be wrong. So she in the book, she gets out and kind of heads right there. In the movie, she, like, locks herself out of the car yes. accidentally, which didn't happen in the book. No, it didn't. Um, he does take the keys with him yes. when he leaves, but she doesn't get locked in or no. locked out. And so she starts walking up to the school, and there's an entire dumpster full of these Oreo burrs. Did you oh, I didn't that? catch that. Yeah, as she's walking up, there's an entire dumpster full of them. Oh my goodness. Yeah. This movie is crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> so now she's inside the school and she's looking for Jake and we keep seeing the janitor walking in and out. This does not happen in the book. No. And she actually ends up kind of hiding and the janitor finds her and she has this like very nice conversation with him and he talks basically through his mind to her at the Mm -hmm. very beginning because he's like you know what does your boyfriend look like and she's like i don't even know what right what she what he looks like and at this point you're like okay well maybe lucy's the crazy one (laughs) like you're like me like there's something weird with her and he actually ends up offering her the slippers which are the same slippers that jake offered her when they were at their parents house and he's just like so sweet so sweet he she also um mentions essentially that that meeting at the pub where they first met didn't actually happen no. that she was actually kind of freaked out because this guy was looking at her yeah so which is probably what happened right. <laughs> uh so then she kind of goes away to look for jake and all of a sudden a couple that is dressed you know like jake and lucy of young you know kind of show up and it really kind of, they do this entire dance and it really just kind of represents kind of a perfect life for them together. Mm-hmm. But at the very end of this dance, the Jake of this dance ends up dying. Right. By and, an older janitor Jake. Yes. 
And, you know, the fantasy at that point of Lucy is over. That's the last time we see her, really. Mm-hmm. So then the the janitor's just alone in the school and he's kind of walking around. And then he goes to his car and he just sits there and is basically waiting, you know, waiting to die. And at some point, you know, a few minutes ago in the movie, I think it was when Lucy, I think Lucy said it in the car, she was like, I wonder how long it takes for someone to die of hypothermia. She mentions that. Yeah. And so now the janitor, Jake, is sitting in the car and, you know. He has like a full-blown manic episode. Yeah. Like, it was kind of hard to watch. Yeah, he sees the, you know, the, the Tulsi Town commercial and, you know, there's kind of an imaginary, like, town and then there's this, like, pig Mm -hmm. and this is where he gets naked he gets out you know in his mind he gets out of the car naked Mm -hmm. and goes back into the school yeah something to note about the pig we didn't touch on it earlier but when they're doing the tour of the farmhouse they do talk about how um, at one point there were these uh, maggot infested pigs that died on the farm and when they when we see the vision of the pig he gets up and he's got maggots like he's gross yeah so gross weird but that's kind of why that that comes to light (laughs) and so now you know in as he's walking into the school he goes into the auditorium it's set up for a scene at or in the oklahoma play and he's basically accepting the nobel peace prize Mm -hmm. and he's talking to like an older lucy in the crowd and really you see everybody is has their older Mm -hmm. like even young people have like these old face makeup on it something that i read is that that kind of fit in with the entire theme it said the old age makeup in the finale is really related to the entire theme uh that you know jake stayed in his small rural town his entire life and watched his entire class of teenagers become old and have their you know potential just wasted oh wow and then having the whole theme of just like age is just a number and Mm. and all this stuff so it was very like deep yeah and he goes into this entire scene of him singing the song lonely room from the play oklahoma and did you think that was him singing I think it was. You think? I think it was. Oh. It sounded it sounded like it kind of could be his definitely voice. Definitely looked like he was lip syncing. Well, I think he was, oh. but I think it was still oh, his I see. voice. And then after the song, all we see is the car is completely snowed over and he's presumably dead. But did you listen yes. to the entire credits? If you sit there and let the credits roll. I'm so proud of you for doing that. Did you already know? Yeah, I read oh. it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely turned it off. But if you if you listen to the, or if you let the credits roll towards the end, you hear the engine trying to turn over. So, which makes you think that he isn't actually dead. So, I will say this did, and that's how the movie ends. Yeah. This whole scene in the school happens totally different in the book Mm -hmm. so take it away so keeping with the theme of the book of feeling that this book is very weird very sinister but also that there's some sort of serial killer when jake goes into the the school she kind of sits there for a little bit and then decides okay it's been way too long like i need to go find him so she does follow him into the school she starts to hear things that kind of scare her and it's like a clanking and like a almost like someone's hitting somebody basically so she's like, oh, my God, I need to go hide. I need to go find, you know, somewhere to to run away from this guy. And then the whole time she's thinking, is Jake still alive? Is he dead? I don't know. You know, I got to think about myself, essentially. So the whole scene is 
like her just running away from said random guy. We don't yeah. know who he is. And then eventually she gets to his room, his janitor's closet. Well, and there's this like song playing over and over yes. and over again. Which important to know, uh, they choose Oklahoma f- f- for it in the movie, but in the book, it is a song that keeps playing. And she does make mention that it's the same song that was playing in their car while they were driving to the yes. farm, which I thought was really funny. I don't know if you caught this in the book, um, just because we have a background in radio. She mentions like, why do I keep hearing this song? Like it's been played a bunch of times in an hour. <laughs> yeah. Is this what radio sounds like yes, these days? Is. And I'm like, yes, it's yes, exactly it what radio sounds like. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this song is playing over and over again. So it's like really messing with her mind. And she's like very, very frightened. She comes up to his janitor's room and she starts noticing like some things that are a little off. You know, there's this closet that, you know, there's not much in it. Once, you know, she she leaves that room and then starts continuing her tour of trying <laughs> to find places to hide. She comes into one room, which we assume is a kind of paint room or an art room. Um, there's a canister of paint on the ground that she decides to smear all over her hands. Not sure why. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it, it finally she's led to the auditorium or the gym and she has this... Or she, she hears this noise coming from the boys' um, locker room. So she's like, oh my god, it must be Jake. Let me go after him. So she walks in. She sees, like, one shoe. And then she sees another shoe. And then she's thinking, oh, he's sitting at the, at the sinks. He's not there. There's one shower that's on. And it's, you know, going full blast. And she gets there. And all that is there is his clothes. And they're just kind of disheveled and on the ground. So at this point, the book starts to finally make us start to realize there is way more going on here. So in the book, uh, the girlfriend starts referring to herself as we. Mm -hmm. We this, we that, we think, you know, all this stuff. And then it starts to click. Oh, my God. This is one person we're, like what we just everything that we just read was in the brain of one person right so that's when it clicked and i was like oh my god yeah. this book went so far left i was not expecting right. that at all and i think there's even one part where she like looks out the window and before all of this happens yes and jake's car is gone yes that's and right and she's like jake would never leave me and at that point i was like I don't know if that car was ever there. Right. Like, there was a couple of hints throughout that whole scene where right. I'm like, I'm not sure about this. So anyway, so once the whole wee-wee thing starts to happen, it essentially transitions into now we're we're with Jake. Jake is the janitor, and he's having an inner struggle. So essentially the way that he dies in the book is he goes back to his janitor's room. He finds a clothes hanger that he basically unwinds, and then he continuously stabs himself, which I was like, didn't see that one like coming. Like from under the chin. Yeah, it was really f- like it sounded gory. I was kind of bummed because that's not that's not at all what happens in the movie. So I kind of wanted to see that, see how it played out. Yeah. But obviously, the movie had different plans. Um, but that's essentially how it happens in the book. He says, "I decided I had to. No more thinking. I answered the question. The question being, should I kill myself right. or should I not?" At one point in the book, there is a sign in the school, because, I mean, it's a normal school, that says, like, dancing the night away, tickets are $10 for some sort of dance or whatever. And then there's three pages 
of just four, four pages of what are you waiting for written out over and over and over it's and over basically again. like The Shining. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the pages. Yes, exactly. Um, so that was very interesting that, you know, that they, they included that. But basically the message that the caller constantly kept leaving her that I read earlier it, the ending is just one question, one question to answer. And this four pages of what are you waiting for is that question of right. should I kill myself? Should I not? Right. I'm thinking of ending things. Should I? Right. So Ugh. very weird. Very Do you creepy. feel like in the book when he killed himself, he was like old like this janitor? Or was he a kind of a younger guy? I'm trying to remember if, if he makes mention when he supposedly sees him in the window. I don't remember if he says like, oh, there's an old janitor or not. I, I can't remember. But I don't think we're led yeah. to believe one way or the other. Um, another thing to mention in the book that is not at all in the movie is in between chapters, we get this like dialogue of basically it's almost sounds like a detective talking to someone, whether it was like a witness mm-hmm. or somebody that worked at the school. I almost thought it was like people like at like a coffee shop gossiping back and forth. <laughs> oh, is really? What I, okay. what I got. Basically in, uh, asking questions like, you know, why did he do it there? What was he thinking? What was his mental state? He was kind of a weird guy. He's not like the rest of us. He's weird. Da, yeah. da, da, da. So again, back to the whole, you're led to believe in the book that this is a separate story than what the story that we're reading. But yeah. so essentially at, at the end of the book, there is one of these, you know, in between pages that they say, you know, it's not that simple. I don't know why. Here, look at this. And then the other person says, what is all this? There's a lot of pages. Is this what he wrote? And the other person goes, yes, you should read it. But maybe start at the end, then circle back. First, though, I think you better sit down. So we're led to believe that this entire book is his diary, essentially. And reading from the back forward or back to the beginning makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. you finally figure out what the hell is going on right. in this book. <laughs> yeah, so that was a journey. Yes. So, I mean, we could sit here and try to dissect and go through all of it, but it's, it's like I said, it, it, you mentioned earlier, it's very up to, up to interpretation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we, when we asked the question, did the movie stay true to the book? I almost have to say no. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of the tone and how and how it's kind of perceived, it, they're two very different ways they told this story. I agree. Yeah. In no way, shape or form do I think that the movie stayed true to the book. Uh, obviously, there's elements of it, but I'm curious why he, the director didn't choose to go with this i feel like it would have been just as easy to explain this maybe even easier way easier to explain this version the book's version of the events than in the movie so knowing that he you know direct or yeah directed the movie eternal sunshine of the thoughtless mind like he's he's a little odd himself so i get it they talk about how like he charlie kaufman did (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) he's got a he's got a style yeah i guess yeah, it's like I said, it's both were kind of a mind trip. But, you know, if we had to decide, would you buy the book or the movie ticket? What would you do? Uh, I'm buying the book. Same. Yeah, I I liked the movie. 
I loved the Easter eggs, knowing what we know from mm-hmm. the book. Um, but again, if you had read, if, if we had watched the movie first, yeah. it would have been a very different experience yeah. in my eyes. And I loved the way that Ian Reed wrote this book. I really, really enjoyed it. And I think for that alone, I'd have to go with the book. Yeah, I mean, I love a good like twist at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's what the book gave us. I didn't get that right. in the movie at all. And so I... I really did. I enjoyed reading this book and it's a quick read Mm -hmm. and no pun intended, (laughs) but I'd actually like to read more of his because that's the first book that I've, that I've read. There actually is uh, his second novel is named Foe. And um, I believe a company does have the rights to possibly, or to, to make it into a movie. So wow, the podcast will never end. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So much content. I mean, I will say, I feel like Netflix is picking some weird ones. I mean, this is the third Netflix original we've done. We Mm -hmm. did all the bright places, the devil all the time. And now, um, I'm thinking of ending things. So they're very, they're going a little like kind of indie yeah. kind of weird yeah. films, but out of the three, I think devil all the time is still my favorite. Really? Yeah. I got to go with this. Of the movies? Both. Yeah. Based on those movies. Yeah. It was weird, but I like this more. I, I think you're biased because you love Tom Holland. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, if you've stuck around this, this this long and you haven't read the book or watched the movie, please do because I do think both are great and it's worth doing either one. And just thank you for listening yes, to us. Thanks for mumble. sticking around. <laughs> All right, that's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Booby Girls. You can also email us at theboobygirls at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, we do have a couple of levels for you. We've got the rom-com level, which is our $2 level. That gets you episodes at least 24 hours in advance. And it also gives you access to our Karen reviews. If you don't know what those are, you can head to our Instagram and get a little tidbit of how that sounds (laughs) sneak peek and then our drama level is our three dollar level that gets you everything i already mentioned you also get a sticker for joining you get a shout out in a future episode and you also get access to our after credits party episodes where we just shoot the shit and talk about life yeah life's hitting us hard these days yeah no kidding we got a lot of content (laughs) uh in order to become a patron all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash the movie girls so coming up next week it's re- it's requested. It's been requested multiple times by boyfriend Ray and my brother Lucas. We're doing Ready Player One, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm excited. I have not read it. I have or not read it. It'll be uh, interesting. So I have not seen the movie either, or read the book. Um, just in time for the second book to come out too. Oh, great! Yeah, Ready <laughs> great, Player Two. <laughs> here we go. We're appealing to our male uh, audience. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye.